It's Friday, August the 14th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Israel and the UAE make peace and French warships sail to Cyprus. First, the world in brief. Israel and the United Arab Emirates agreed to establish formal diplomatic relations. The deal was brokered in part by President Donald Trump, who called it a huge breakthrough. Israel will give up for now its claims of sovereignty over parts of the West Bank that it has said it would annex. In return, the UAE committed itself to a full normalisation of relations. Palestine's government called it treason. Previously, Israel had no formal diplomatic ties with any Gulf country. Turkey's President Recep Tayyip Erdogan warned against provocations by a foreign country after France, a fellow member of NATO, deployed fighter jets and two Navy vessels to the eastern Mediterranean. It did so in support of Greece, which has accused Turkey of exploring for oil and gas in disputed waters by sailing a survey ship into an area off the coast of Cyprus. New unemployment benefits claims in America fell below 1 million last week for the first time since March. More than 9 million jobs have been regained in the past three months, about 42% of the 22.2 million lost in March and April. Meanwhile, youth employment in France hit its lowest level since records began in 1975. Only 26.6% of 15 to 25-year-olds were employed in the previous quarter. Donald Trump said that he would block coronavirus relief funds for America's struggling postal service because helping it would be tantamount to giving election money to the Democrats. Despite the country's raging COVID-19 epidemic, Mr Trump wants to stymie widespread postal voting, which he fears would favour his opponents. He also, without proof, claims it would lead to mass election fraud. It's Battle Royale between the maker of Fortnite, one of the world's most popular video games, Apple and Google. Irked at the 30% cut the big app stores levy on in-app purchases, Epic Games offered players a way to circumvent it. Apple kicked Fortnite off its platform, with Google following suit. Epic sued, likening Apple to the monopolists of yesteryear. The International Energy Agency revised down its forecast for oil consumption in 2020 and 2021, expecting that global demand will fall because of the pandemic. Much of the reduction is a result of the aviation industry's woes. The Intergovernmental Agency predicted demand of 91.9 million barrels a day this year, down by 8.1 million barrels from actual consumption in 2019. Visitors entering Britain from France and the Netherlands will have to quarantine themselves for a fortnight as Europe struggles to contain a new wave of coronavirus infections. An estimated half a million British tourists are currently in France, many having taken advantage of the recently relaxed travel arrangements between the countries. The French government warned of reciprocal measures. And editor's note. We have fixed a bug in the iOS app for Espresso that made the links to related items unclickable. iOS users should update the app in the App Store. And now here's today's agenda. Joining forces. Pompeo visits Poland. This weekend, Mike Pompeo, America's Secretary of State, will end his tour of Central Europe with a visit to Warsaw. On Saturday, he will sign an enhanced defence cooperation agreement with Polish officials, which will provide the legal framework and infrastructure for closer collaboration. The date is symbolic. It will be Poland's Armed Forces Day and 100 years since it halted the Red Army's westward advance in the Battle of Warsaw. With Russia still seen as a threat, the Polish authorities have been calling for America to ramp up its military presence in the country. The new agreement will enable the number of American troops in Poland to increase by 1,000 or so to around 5,500. 
Alarmed by the Trump administration's plans to withdraw around 12,000 soldiers from Germany out of a total of roughly 36,000, the Polish authorities will welcome this modest boost on their territory. He said, she said. Sexual misconduct on campus. Today, a contentious rule from America's education department comes into effect. It will change how schools and universities handle sexual misconduct under Title IX, which bans sex discrimination at federally funded institutions. It will also be legally binding, unlike guidelines issued by the Obama administration in 2011, infamously sent to colleges in a threatening letter. The new rule defines sexual harassment narrowly and allows schools to raise the burden of proof required to trigger disciplinary responses. Most controversially, it permits cross-examination of victims, which critics say can traumatise them. Supporters of the rule and Betsy DeVos, President Donald Trump's education secretary, worry that in a rush to believe women, too many people are unfairly accused. Yet most sexual assaults still go unreported. Many college campuses will be empty this autumn as students stick to online classes because of COVID-19. But the rule may be no less relevant. Harassment, after all, is also ubiquitous on the internet. At last, the Dominican Republic's new president. On Sunday, the socially distanced transfer of the presidential sash to Luisa Binader will occur. It concludes a long saga after an election in May was delayed by the pandemic. When it was eventually held in July, the ruling party was turfed out of office. Mr. Abinader promises technocratic upgrades and an end to corruption, but no revolutionary proposals. His most immediate task will be to tackle the spread of COVID-19 while attempting to keep the economy reopened. The Dominican Republic has reported around 83,000 cases, more than the rest of the Caribbean islands combined. Mr. Abinader, who contracted COVID-19 during the campaign, promises to ramp up testing. He also wants to balance the budget and boost formal employment, but recovery is still distant. The country reopened to tourists on July 1st, but the month saw an 89% drop in visitors compared to 2019. The economy is expected to shrink by 6.5% this year. Begging your pardon. Thai protests. Thailand is preparing for the biggest student protest since King Mahavajira Longkorn's reign began in 2016. This Sunday, students will demand an end to interference in politics by the royal palace and call for a new constitution that allows Thais to choose their own government. The situation is volatile. Thailand is in a deep recession. Parliamentary process has in effect been suspended under the pretext of the pandemic, leaving the streets as the only outlet for dissent. The students' public mockery of the monarch and armed forces, risking long jail sentences, is unprecedented. It could be a moment for enlightened conservatives to usher in political and economic change. But if the past is any guide, the palace and the soldiers trained to protect it will make short shrift of the challenge. The army killed pro-democracy protesters in Bangkok in 1973, 1976, 1992 and 2010. Ties will hope that history does not repeat itself this weekend. Party Pooper Indonesia's Budget Indonesia's president normally delivers his annual State of the Union address amid festivities marking the day it declared independence from the Netherlands. But the country is in no mood to celebrate, as Joko Widodo, better known as Jokowi, takes the podium today to deliver a budget speech. The economy has been hit hard by the pandemic. The Asia Development Bank expects Indonesia's GDP to contract by 1% this year. The government thinks 5.5 million workers will lose their jobs. 
up to 19.7 million Indonesians may be pushed into poverty. Today, Jokowi will show how he intends to repair the damage. He will probably pledge more money to patch up the social security safety net and assist businesses. And he will reassure the public that this money will actually be spent. Just 1.5% of the 75 trillion rupiah, $5.1 billion allocated in March to help the health ministry cope with COVID-19 had been dispersed by the end of June. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Russell Baker, who was born on this day in 1925. Usually, terrible things that are done with the excuse that progress requires them are not really progress at all, but just terrible things. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 